It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you do in your landscape, to have one more flower, one less weed, one prettier lawn, one more neighbor come by and say, yeah, what is that shrub over there that looks so good right now? What have you got over there? Anything that you define as success, I am going to help you achieve it. I will give you my experience-based information based on research, mostly, from the University of Georgia and other universities around town, around the country. And I will do my best to make it in a way that will bring a little bit of fun and enjoyment to your life. And you know, the easiest, the easiest thing we can do these days is talk on the telephone. Everybody's talking on the telephone. You can talk on the telephone, too. All you have to do is dial these 10 digits, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. If you dial those 10 digits, then you'll get to speak to the lovely, the talented Miss Ashley Frasca, who will answer the phone, who will wave at you right there through the phone. <laughs> I don't... I Should I say why the wave... Okay, why the wave? Ashley has given me permission. I don't want to reveal too much personal information. But as you know, Ashley is a professional traffic reporter in other days of the week. She screens calls for the Herman Cain show. But she gets here at some crazy, insane morning time and reports on traffic for television sometimes, as well as for radio. And um, last week, Ashley was overly enthusiastic. Perhaps that's the word we have. Ashley was waving to friends. Go ahead, Ashley. Flat out, call it a blooper, is exactly what it was on live television. All right, it was a live television blooper, but it was Ashley being Ashley. Ashley being fun, Ashley waving at somebody off camera although she was looking into the camera, and when she finished, she did the most professional job reporting the traffic. Everything was fine. It was hopeful that nobody had ever seen that. Sadly, uh, it did go out over the air, and so Ashley has been the the object of uh, much comment here at the station. Oh, and I had high school friends from 15 years ago watch that video, and they just could not stop laughing. They said they'd watched it 10 times, so I'll put it on my Facebook page. How about that? Put it on your Facebook page, please, Ashley, because it's just one of the most adorable thing seen in a long, long time, much less uh, 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 bad than any other blooper that some politician or somebody else on national news would say. This is our Ashley Frasker doing her own blooper and doing a great job of it. And we're proud of you, Ashley. If you hear us on the air this morning, of course, it's done because Scott Maxim is taking care of all the engineering this morning and choosing our music and writing editorial comments about our weather, and that is happening, too. But again, the number, 404-872-0750. My thanks also go to Joe Lample and Mickey Gazaway, who hosted the, or guest experts, I guess, for the show last Saturday. I was in Chicago last Saturday and saw the one of the most beautiful botanical gardens you will ever go see. One of the most intriguing, fun, accessible botanical gardens you could ever go visit. It's the Chicago Botanic Garden. 
It's north of the city. You can get there by bus, which is what I did. There was no sense in uh, hiring a taxi to go up there. So I got on the bus, a straight shot from where we were in Evanston, and uh, went to the Chicago Botanic Garden. And I thought, man, I could spend hours and hours, which is what I did. I had my camera with me, so I took pictures of all sorts of flowers in bloom. This is a fall, right? This is a later part of the fall for Chicago, but there are plenty of things in bloom, beautiful landscapes. They have the whole Chicago Botanic Garden is used to be a big bog, for lack of a better word, the lake there where the Skokie River comes in. And um, the Botanic Garden folks had had their eyes on it thinking we could do something. Gosh, we could do something with it. What they ended up doing was dredging this big bog, this huge 385-acre bog, and um, making islands, taking the dredge soil and making islands, and then preparing the soil so that plants would grow in it, and then making each island something different. So you have the Japanese gardens, and you have the vegetable gardens, and you have the home landscape gardens, and you have the uh, uh, perennial gardens, and you have all sorts of different islands on there, walkable, very walkable, although there's also a tram ride you can go around, and labels. Oh my gosh, do I appreciate labels. Labels on everything so that you can tell what it is that you're seeing there by the path that you might want to have for your own landscape. The Chicago Botanic Garden. You will really enjoy it if you go. Also, of course, went downtown, saw the bean. Ashley immediately asked me if I had seen the bean, and yes, I did. The bean is an enormous stainless steel sculpture in the shape of a donut crossed with a bean, for lack of a better word, in Millennium Park, downtown Chicago. It is mirror-like reflective, and it's, what, 60 feet wide and 30 maybe feet high. It's mirror-reflective and on a big plaza, and so people from all over the world come to have their pictures taken in and around it because it's curved, their features are distorted, and you can see them from far away. It is the most fascinating, interesting sculpture, and it brings an entire city together and their visitors together to visit the Bean. When you go to Chicago, you go see the Bean. That's what you do. So it's glad to be back. If you have a question about anything in your garden, anything you would like to be better at doing, 404 First we go with our friend in Griffin, Georgia, Miss Nicole. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Miss Arif. Hi. We missed you last week. I miss you too. It was a good show, though. I know. Oh, I hear. Always good. Joe and Mickey do such a great job. I'm so lucky. I mean, really and truly, Mickey, uh, Nicole, I am so lucky that I have Joe, Mickey, uh, Winston Eason, Mark Banta, Ashley Frasca, who can take over the show in my absence, and they're just seamless. It is the same quality information you get from I, whether I'm here or whether they're here. Well, without them, you couldn't take a vacation. No, you're right. It'd be like growing chickens, which I remember very very clearly as a child. We never went on vacation. Who's going to take care of the chickens? All right. Yeah. So thank you to Joe and uh, Mickey for taking care of the chickens and Ashley for you know making sure they got fed. So. <laughs> Miss Arif, how many acres is this garden? 385. Oh, that's a lot of time. Th- yeah, lot of I didn't walk the entire garden. There was one of the Japanese islands I didn't get out to. But uh, it is very walkable. I mean, literally, I didn't go on anything other than the tram while I was there. So how many days take you to look around? I would easily say, if you're going to take pictures like I was going, the Chicago Botanic Garden, I would spend, I would plan on three hours. And if you really want to go with your family and have a picnic and, you know, maybe see one of the um, educational 
things that they do there, you might spend five hours there. I think so it was a wetland? It was, long ago. Now it's completely dry, just, you know, parking lots. But they had the water not too far. Yeah, water's right there beside it on all sides, just about. Mm, mm, mm. So what's on your mind in the garden right now, uh, Nicole? Well, sorry, uh, do you bring a lot of uh, tropical inside? Only my Meyer lemon. I don't have any bananas to worry with anymore because they've got to be more trouble than they were worth bringing the bananas in every year. Uh, I don't have an alamanda that I'm trying to mess with anymore. Um, that's it. All my Meyer lemon is about it. It's a hard choice every year. I usually do... Um, uh, repot them in springtime, but now I do it fall because they have a less hard time, and uh, so you don't have to water every because inside the house can get very dry in the winter time. What are, what are you watering? What are you repotting? Oh, I have a bunch of them, and that's why it's so hard to make a choice. And uh-huh. most of them, I made them. You know, I went to uh, South Florida and bring back a lot of cutting. Yeah, and uh, if um, if I have too many and some didn't do good. I gave it to the to the school because they have the room and you know the uh, the kids can learn. I have a snake sure. plant that I have it for a long time, but it just take a lot of light, you know, and it's not always. But anyway, I had a good day because I had this big pile of dirt. Yeah, and I said I'm ready. Seven o'clock. I was outside and I make my own dirt and saw not dirt. And uh, that's what I did all day. I probably like 50 of them. I nice. have to. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Got them repotted, ready to go. Wherever their location for the winter is going to be, you got them ready to go. Yeah, and give some at the same time. Because so, uh, I think as, as experienced gardeners, Nicole, we know the feeling of it being the night before Kirk Miller says, it's going to go down to 28 degrees tonight, and you think to yourself, but I haven't gotten everything ready to bring in the house, and so you scurry around trying to pull things in and trying to make a place for them, and you're just not prepared in that case, but now you are way ahead of the game. Exactly. I thought I was maybe a little late because they need to accustom a little bit, you know, outside if you make a new one. And I was thinking to myself, I bought a lot of cutting inside the next morning, and I said, how did I get to the point I know exactly where to cut? Uh huh. And it's just a feel of life, isn't it, where the joint is? And you learn that, you know, after so many so many years. But you have to have it. Don't think. You have to have some feeling for learning, I think, because the first time I ever tried to make a coleus root in water, I think I cut the leaves off and put the leaves in water. They didn't root. And I thought, oh, why, why is that? My grandmother used to root coleus all the time. And then I remembered back more clearly and remembered, no, she took about two nodes, two you know, lengths of stem, and put those in the little orange juice glass. That rooted just fine. And when I started thinking of my grandmother's technique, then I learned, and over the years, know immediately how to root a coleus or an impatience or anything like that in water. Yeah, and I went many places like uh, UG and Athens and take chorus, and they had free chorus, and sometimes they had to pay. And Griffin loved a lot of chorus, and uh, the greenhouse, yeah, and sure. uh, even the farmer market I had. This lady come and give course on Saturday morning. That's all you learn. So the more you take course, the come back home. You say, "All right, we're gonna try this." And the extension service, many cases, master gardeners and other sort of associated courses are available to anybody in the metro Atlanta area, outside the metro Atlanta area. All you have to do to find courses is to call a magic number, 1-800-ASK-UGA-1, 
and that'll connect you to the Master Gardeners. You can leave a message over the weekend and say, give me a call and let me know when the classes are going to be about home rose care, home lawn care, home uh, propagation of houseplants, and they'll tell you what's going on. Changing subject. Uh, we can't uh, I can't talk Ashley, very long. I've only got about 32 seconds here. Ashley's going to win again, Mr. Reed. Ashley is going to win what? Last year she won for the blooper. I think Ashley is a strong contender for the blooper of the year contest. Yes, she is. We look forward to it. We'll be at the celebration for her. It's great talking to you, Nicole. See you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. See you then. It's six eighteen. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Not a bad day in Atlanta at all. Highs today. The upper 70s. This is nice. Our weather statistician points out this is the first weekend in a long time that the weather forecast has started with the number or the letter S. 70 today. Overnight, the lows go into the low 60s. Not a lot of chance of rain, but what you got? We got the Bulldogs. The Bulldog show starts this morning. Pre-game show starts at 8 a.m., so the Lawn and Garden Show will end at 8 a.m. this morning. So get your questions in fast. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Betsy is out in Marietta, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Betsy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, I have some Annabelles that are looking pretty sad, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what the problem is and what to do about it. Um, They're the ones that are in full sun... The foliage looks just kind of golden and curled up oh, yeah. and hanging down no matter how much I water it. And I fertilized with hollytone in the spring and again in July. Awesome. Nothing seems to help. Has it what, looked that way the whole summer or just recently? No, 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 not until about August. I don't know. You know hydrangeas <laughs> go through a period of decline in Annabelle's and the regular mop heads and all of mine don't look all that good right now, Betsy. So if I were in a contest with you, yours would probably win for looking better than mine because mine are so bedraggled right now. They had the that leaf spot that gets on the mop head hydrangeas, got brown spots all over the leaves there. Um, one of them's out by the street, lost about, I don't know, it looks like two-thirds of the stems are all dead now, and so it looks like a hollow diamond. I need to dig it up and repot that. Uh, you know, count your blessings, Betsy. I don't well, think you need to do anything with that well, Annabelle hydrangea. It's a tough plant. One thing that I've observed is that all, both the Annabelles and the mop heads that are in the shade uh-huh. still look great. Uh-huh. It's the ones that, you know, where a few branches get touched by full sun, um, that are just looking terrible. Hmm. I have no solution for you, Betsy. Okay. Other than there are many other things to worry about in this world, and you should choose one of them and let your hydrangeas be. <laughs> well, can I cut them back a little bit now? Yeah, like yeah, if you want to. If they don't look good now, you can cut them back because Annabelle's, as you know, they re-sprout and regrow on new wood next year, and so you can cut them anytime you feel like it. And they'll come back and bloom for you next year. And so don't worry about cutting them back. If some part is uglier than others, then cut it off and don't worry about it. It's 628. We'll be back after news. Why I just grin like a clown. It's Mike. 
kind of town. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. It's 63 degrees outside. It is cool. It is cool outside right now. If you have garden questions about things you should be doing right now, this is a great time to get the questions answered. The show ends this morning at 8 a.m. because of the Bulldog pregame show. And this is a perfect time to plant. Perennials, shrubs, trees, bulbs, you name it. If you get them planted now, you'll have so much less problem with them next year. Evergreens, Arborvitae, Leland Cypress, all of them, if you plant them now, you have so much less problem than you will next year. David is in Athens, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David, good morning. Hey, how you doing this morning? I'm all right. What's going on? Well, I've, I, I'm trying to see if you get an idea of how I can uh, keep squirrels away from my house hmm. other than, you know, other than... Uh, eliminating them or whatever. Yeah. Is there some way I, what, what do I do to repel them maybe naturally? What what damage are they doing? Well, uh, they haven't done any damage yet other than uh, I think they're gnawing on my um, rails on my deck and my sure, porch. Sure, yeah, sure. And um, so you, 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 should I plant something? Should I mix up something and spray out there? Or what do you, what do you suggest? None of them work worth a darn is <laughs> the problem, David. I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple of options, and both of them are based on the hot stuff, capsaicin, the stuff that makes the pepper hot. And here's two options. One, if they're chewing on the rails in a particular place, and a lot of times it seems like they only chew in one sort of two or three foot area on the rails of your deck, but if you go... Let me see, over in Athens, go over to um, Cofer, Cofer Home and Garden, and see if Stuart has some hot pepper wax spray. It's in a okay. red bottle. It's called hot pepper wax, and you just spray it wherever you see the squirrels are, are chewing, and it will repel them, at least until it gets washed off, and it sticks around for a little while. But that's a possibility. But then, of course, you can't really spray your whole deck or your whole side of the house or whatever else they're chewing on. So it's you know localized kind of deal. But try the hot pepper wax for the for the deck, and then as for the the plants outside, digging. I don't have an answer for that other than maybe chicken wire. If you plant pansies and they seem to be digging the pansies up, then you can. Split pansies yeah, and put pieces not, of chicken um, around. I don't have any problem with them digging up anything of mine. I was just thinking, was there something I could, you know, some kind of plants mm. of some type that I could plant around the house to maybe nah. they would like the smell of it or nope. something? Nope. Nope. None of that works. None well, that then works. I, I guess the only other option I have is going to be one that we probably don't want to talk about on the radio. Well, I'll tell you what I do, and it's, I can talk about it on the radio. It's not killing them. You don't want to kill a little squirrel. Come on, David. Uh, I have a live trap. I have a cage trap, and I put sunflower seed in it, and over a summer, I'll get easily a dozen squirrels, probably two dozen chipmunks, and uh, I transport them two miles away, and I let them go on a public uh, ground that I, in my own mind, think that I own a little bit of, since I'm a taxpayer, and <laughs> so I just pick them up and take them on a little two-mile vacation, and they don't seem to come back. Some will inevitably move in, yeah, from your neighbor's yards and around the around the environment. But if you take them away, then it just gives you sort of a little 
thrill and you haven't killed a squirrel, David, and maybe they go you know chew on somebody else's day. I shouldn't yeah, say a, that. It's a little different taking a squirrel away than it is uh, dropping a straight dog off. Yeah, exactly. Squirrels. Yeah. Okay, squirrels. well, listen, I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Good luck with it, David. We'll see you soon. Right, thanks. Johnny, 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 East Point, Georgia, right there along the railway. Hey, Johnny, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing today? I'm all right, man. What's going on? Okay. I got a little interesting, uh, unique story here. Actually, I met you one time at the Home Depot. I worked there, and you were walking around looking for a watering can. Right. <laughs> and we didn't find you one, by the way. But the same store I worked at, I uh, bought a Satsuma orange tree patio yeah. style. And I moved to Texas, and I planted it in Texas about 10 years ago. Actually ate fruit off it when it was about two feet high. Sure, uh, Very, yeah. very juicy fruit. Moved the plant back here to Georgia. I've had it in my backyard, Walter, for about six years. No, you have not. Yes, sir. It's Satsuma orange. Now, I haven't eaten anything off it since I had it here, but it's wow. each year it acclimates more and more to the Georgia weather. And it's uh-huh. about probably about eight feet tall, about eight feet wide now. This year, the, the, the fruit's probably about, I don't know, uh, lime size, getting bigger and bigger, and tons of seeds in it. Um, and I probably got, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 fruit on the tree. They're, they're dropping off now, and I'm composting them, putting them back in the soil. I know it's not a Georgia plant, it's a citrus plant, but it's doing well. It's, wait, 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 wait a second. Let me, let's go back here and let me ask a couple of questions. How okay. big are the fruit? They're about lemon size. I'm sorry, lime size. Lime size. Uh, what color are they? Now they're yellow. They, you know, of course, start out green, but they're turning yellow, and they got a little powdery, a powder substance on the outside of them. Does it have any thorns? The tree itself has tons of them, and they really hurt. But the the, the fruit, um, yeah. of course, you know, the tree is full of thorns, and if you get stuck by them, you're in pain for a while. Here is what I think you have. I don't think you still have a Satsuma orange. Because okay. the three several things you said lead me to believe that what you have instead is called trifoliate orange. And trifoliate orange is, number one, got fruit on it right now, yellow color of a lime. Okay, Two, that's what full I got. of seeds. Three, uh-huh. and you'll know, you'll know I'm right if you do this next thing. Cut one of those bad boys open and put the fruit to your tongue and see what it tastes like. If it tastes like... Ooh, I don't want that anymore. It's real bitter. You described exactly what I have, Walter. <laughs> All right. Then you have a trifoliate orange. It's called winter-hardy citrus, for lack of a better word. Okay. I wish to goodness it were sweet, because if it were, we'd make a million dollars, Johnny. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Will it get sweet, you think, Walter, over no. if it keeps acclimating to Georgia's weather, or is it just a No, this one is completely, this, the trifoliate orange is completely winter-hardy in Georgia. It just doesn't have edible fruit on it. Okay. And what happens many times is they take... Um, Regular oranges, Satsuma very likely was grafted onto the trifoliate orange rootstock to make it a little more cold hardy. And that is a normal thing that they do in Florida and Texas and places like that. And somehow the Satsuma part of the plant died and the trifoliate orange rootstock grew. And now you have a beautiful trifoliate orange shrub, which I have in my front yard. (laughs) And all my neighbors want to know, what is that thing with all the thorns in your yard? What's those little yellow fruit on it, too? I I get the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a great plant. I have no 
compunctions about having one other than you won't have any fruit worth eating. Okay, all right. I can live with that. It's still a pretty tree. It's I a great pretty tree. having it, though. Yeah, man. Trifoliate orange. That's what you have. All right, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Johnny, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. All right, now. Have a good one. we got Sarah in Conyers, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. I need some help in identifying the culprit that decided to chop the top off my marigolds and pull them out of the ground. I put out 24 marigolds in a semicircle. They've been out probably for a couple of weeks. Looked out the window, and they weren't blooming anymore. (laughs) And it's just like something went along and bit the top off of them and pulled them out of the ground and just laid them down. It looked like I had just laid them down getting ready to put them in the soil. Deer would be my first guess because deer if you have ever i don't know you never looked at a deer's mouth very very carefully well, I have. yes i have all right yes well, i have i've been deer hunting so then, I- then you know that deer do not have any um upper teeth in the front right there and so the way they they nip things off is they use their bottom teeth to press against the upper gum and they pull upwards and when they pull upwards, that would be just enough to uproot a nicely planted marigold. And that is why I think you have deer that are nipping and pulling and pulling them out of the ground. Well, what baffled me is I never knew that deer would eat marigolds. And they sort of smell, but these are young deer. Young deer are stupid. Okay. Um, well, I've, I've got a lot of stupid animals out here. <laughs> <laughs> but I... I just wondered if it could have been an armadillo, and I didn't know what kind of signs to look for if it was one of those. Look for the ground to be torn up. That would be an armadillo, but they don't lift marigolds out of the ground at all. Okay. Okay, well, I thank you for your assistance, it and you my, can have all the deer you want if you come in and get them. I do not need a single one, I'm well, sorry to shucks. say. So share them with your neighbors in Kiners, and that will be it for the deer in Rockdale County. I hear you. I hear you. You Thanks. have a wonderful day. You too, Sarah. Thanks Thank for you, calling. Walter. 404-87, excuse me, 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. we got Bill down in Flower Branch, and Bill joins us. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. It's Phil. Yes, sir, Phil. What can I do for you? Is it too late to plant turnip greens and collards? From seed, no. And I'm saying that because the soil temperatures are still really warm right now. Other years when the cool weather moves in a little bit more earlier than we expect, sometime in September, then the temperatures right now would be down into the mid to low 60s, and that might be a little latish to be planting them either from seed. But right now, soil temperatures are in the mid-60s to almost 70 degrees, and that is perfect for collards and turnip greens and spinach and Uh things like that. Well, I'm going to give it a try then. Yeah. I mean, the worst that can happen is it gets a little cooler in the next week or two, and Kirk says, well, it's going to be 40 degrees overnight or something like that. And you can easily take a piece of plastic or something and just stick it over the top of a row of, of collards or turnip greens and protect them overnight. And then the sun comes out the next day, and you got you, – yeah, you'll be fine. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right, Bill. Phil, excuse me. Thanks for calling. All right, thank you. Bye. It's 6.46 on a Saturday morning. Don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday, and you can pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And it is going to be really, really interesting this coming year is how farmers, the rural folks of Georgia, 
figure out what they're going to say about immigration law changes because some farmers say, man, we have to have immigrants, sometimes illegal immigrants, sometimes legal immigrants. We have to have immigrants to, to pick our fruit, the blueberry folks and the peach folks and the apple folks. They need people from other countries to do work that, frankly, uh, normal American workers simply don't want to do. And then the others of the rural farmer crowd say, man, we got to build a wall. we got to keep all the immigrants out. Our country's going down the hill because of the immigration crisis that we have. Well, all this will be examined in your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And it is a deep, deep divide in the farmers in South and North Georgia about what we're going to do about immigration. And the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution will have that covered, plus 182 dollars in coupon savings. The 647 will be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Eric Clapton. Love me some Eric Clapton right there. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much not a bad day at all. Partly cloudy this morning. Maybe a scattered shower here and there. Not a whole lot of chance of that. That afternoon highs today in the upper 70s. Catch that. Clouds remaining tonight. A slight chance of rain. Overnight lows dipping into the low 60s. Your most accurate, most full and accurate forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, this is your home of the Georgia Bulldogs. The pregame show this morning starts at 8 a.m. Kickoff at 12 noon at 6.54. And Tony and Marietta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What you got? I've got multiple kinds of hydrangeas in my yard, Man. and I, I, I can describe them, but I can't tell you the names of them. And I'm and I'm curious as to when to prune them because I know there's different yeah. hydrangeas that get yeah. pruned at different times of the year. About it's been ten or fifteen years ago, I guess now. They. Program assistant there in Cobb County, Tony, uh, Michelle Brown, wrote the most wonderful four-page leaflet on what hydrangea do you have and when do you prune it. <laughs> and I have used that as my go-to guide ever since uh, Michelle put that out. I would say, go to my website. I want you to have the full nine yards on this to get Michelle's thing. But go to my website, just type in the search line, um, hydrangea identify or something like that. That's what you're going to do in a few minutes when we hang up. But bottom line, if yours were pink or blue, the common big leaf hydrangea, they have to be pruned in the summertime. You got to prune them sometime in July or August. After they're after they're spent, yeah. After they're blue, yeah. Okay. The rest of them, which includes oak leaf hydrangea, panicle hydrangea, like PG and that crowd, um, Annabelle hydrangea. All of those can be pruned in the spring before the new growth really begins, and you can do it in January, February, March, any time like that, because they all bloom on new wood, wood that comes after the springtime season. So the really it's determining whether you have the blue and the pink one. they got to be pruned in summertime. The rest of them, prune them in the wintertime. So the little lacy ones I can prune in the winter, and the, the ones that are, stay green and kind of look like grapes almost. <laughs> Yeah, I, I sort of get your description. They're like green. They're the only color I've ever seen that are just. They, um, 
Okay, well, I think I think that it's most most of mine are are the are the big pom pom balls. Yeah. All right. Well, go again. Go to my website. Just type in hydrangea identify or Michelle or something like that, <laughs> and you'll find that leaflet that she put out and print it out right there, and use it as your bible of how to identify and prune hydrangeas. That's very helpful. I do appreciate it. Thanks so you much. You bet, Walter. Tony. Thanks for calling. One of, the, one of the great things about my website, WalterReeves.com, is I have stuff that gives you more of an expanded view of what you need to be doing and how to do it and when to do it, that sort of thing. And frankly, I have it because I can't remember a lot of stuff. And so I just write it down and I can look it up and then I can say and sound like I know what I'm talking about. You can sound like you know what you're talking about, too, if you go to WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest. And sometimes during the show, we'll let you tweet, tweet questions. This is a short show today, so we're not going to do any Twitter questions. But in other shows, we may let you do some uh, Twitter questions to me as well. We'll answer them on the air. Right now, it's 6.57 and one half. And we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. There's nowhere left.